thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Ed Marks here, Digital Voices. We get to cover so many great topics. And I don't know that in our first 100 episodes, if we've had a topic more important to talk about uh, than today. And I have with me a very dear friend, colleague, uh, longtime industry luminary, uh, Ed Kapetsky. So, Ed, welcome to our our podcast. Thanks, Ed. Great to see you again. Yeah, what's cool about this one, actually, we've done about 100 podcasts. This is the first one we're actually together, like physically. Everything's been virtual, which is nice and makes things simple. But this one, we're actually together. So we've got the added element of being able to, like, full body, see each other, you know, all that sort of thing. So it's kind of fun. And I'm with Ed at the sort of administrative campus, right, for Stanford Children's. And um, it's it's a great uh, organization. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But Ed has been with us before. But before we get into this, we're going to talk Chime Opioid Task Force. And DJ, Megan, have you ever known anyone addicted to opioids? I have. I've known a few people who have really struggled with the demons of addiction, particularly around opioids and alcohol. Um, the opioid crisis and really addiction in general has always been an area that I'm pretty passionate about. Um, I was a psychology major in college, and at one time I, I actually wanted to be an addiction therapist. Oh, wow. Very cool. But yeah, it's it's amazing. And the reason I ask a question, you know, your 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 generation uh, is pretty heavily impacted uh, by opioids, but it's really a cross generational thing, which which we're gonna dive into. So really quick on Ed, we covered a lengthy introduction in episode eighty one, so we won't ask standard questions. But I don't want to embarrass Ed, but I'm I'm gonna tell you this is July, August, September. We're in September twenty twenty two, and I've been up and down California this week, Ed, and everyone. Um, says say hi to ed kapetsky he's the greatest out there i mean you're you've got fans around the world but definitely here when i was traveling california so so thanks for being on our podcast i know you're super busy welcome thank you all right well we're gonna jump straight into it and i know this is highly personal for you and actually now for for myself as well but tell us about tim and and how because we're going to talk about the chime opioid task force but how did it start and it started with Tim. yeah well uh, thank you i mean um, we had two beautiful children and, uh, Tim was our second and, uh, you know, really great life. And in college, uh, unfortunately, Tim, um, got into using Oxycontin. Uh, it was going around at the time in, uh, in, on the campus and unlike other kids, he got addicted. And he came home for help in his junior year. And uh, we immediately helped and got him into rehab, like right after the weekend. Mm. And, and that was the start of, a, of an experience uh, I wish kind of no one ever had. Yeah. Uh, because he struggled for nine years. Oh. And he saw homelessness and we saw just unending fear and it affected the entire family uh my daughter my wife uh everybody loved him and about halfway through that period uh we really seeked awesome help 
moved him to Dallas, was in one of the best rehab uh, organizations in the country advancing the medication-assisted treatment, and he flourished. He, he came back to life. Um, four and a half years, we saw him progress. Uh, he was a month before completing his degree and going to go on for his master's degree in uh, mental health and yeah. psychology and helping others. And he was on a golf thing, he had a job, and one of his friends relapsed and had an overdose and he tried to help and got exposed to uh, heroin for the first time, trying to hide it from his friend and didn't make it through the night. That's yeah. how uh, tragic and powerful these first addiction is. But uh, he had no intent of that happening. He had no desire. Uh, it, you look at it and you say it was an accident, but I think anybody who knows addiction knows it never goes away. It's it's a lifelong mission, and it's just like a disease where you have to manage your blood pressure or diabetes, and we need to bring it out more uh, about that. Yeah, because uh, it should not have the stigma it does, yeah. and people who help shouldn't have the stigma we had. Yeah, and uh, so uh, that's sort of what happened, and. Uh, you know, as you might have guessed, you're devastated, but I, uh, I wanted to do something. Yeah. Well, so that's intense story. Uh, Ed, thanks for, for sharing. I know it's not easy and, you know, I can, uh, commiserate, uh, and empathize, sympathize with you now because I had, I shared with you previously a nephew recently, uh, very similar story. Grew up in a great home like your son and, Educated parents, you know, everything, uh, it, it happens to everyone. Uh, yes. It doesn't matter. You're not protected. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's a, another tra tragic story where this. It affects everyone, Ed, and there's no lines of discrimination. And, um, you know, it really has the, it's been an epidemic and it was the com combination of our changes in pain management yeah. combined with a invasion of black tar heroin into the East coast. And, uh, it, it really exploded where we are still dealing with the effects of that, but also now, uh, the use of fentanyl in street drugs everywhere yeah. is out there. And it, it, the problem has expanded. So, uh, uh, you know, thank you for your yeah. interest. And, uh, um, as we go through this, I think a lot of, as I, we started the opioid task force, uh, only three months after his passing. And, uh, I was amazed at how many people came out and helped and everyone had a story yeah. either directly or indirectly in the family. It was this, like you said, and, yeah. uh, you know, I think when we grew up, we knew a lot of alcoholism, but since yeah. my age grew up, there was a lot more drugs and meth and other things. But the, the opiate thing is a national crisis worldwide, frankly, and the healthcare system is, is, is an 
both contributory to that <laughs> right. and needing needing change, which we are. That's our goal. Yeah. So I I think it's outstanding what what you and your wife did. You know, you you did something as a result so that others wouldn't have to have the same pain. That's right. And so the opioid task force. Let's let's talk a little bit more about it. How long? So how long has it been operationalized now? Maybe one or two accomplishments in the first couple of years. And I know there's a new strategy for the, for the next. Couple. Sure. Yeah, we started it uh, just under five years ago in January. Uh, so almost four, you know, four and a half, five years ago. And, you know, we tried to say, look, we can't boil the ocean. We can't do everything, but we can use healthcare IT and our foundation partners to improve things. Yes. And uh, one of the first things we did was develop a book online book for hospitals to have improved stewardship of opiates, form an opioid task force, et cetera, and then educate others about leading practices. So we built a public website called the Opioid Action Center, and it's out there as a public site. And we are doing podcasts almost monthly now with leading practices across the country and exchanging this information uh, uh, across the country. I think the other thing that uh, we have now advanced to is a clinical committee, subcommittee of the task force, and they are experts in pain management, addiction, emergency medicine, frontline, and they're knocking it out of the park in terms of defining how can we leverage our EMR and interoperability of data to help clinicians yeah. treat patients better, to catch these patients who are falling below the line and do the right thing and the safe thing for them with, with current data. Yeah. And that's what we're up to next. Yeah, no, that's great. And I've seen the website. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, so it's a great resource. If, so if you're a hospital doesn't have something like that yet, you can easily have a plan and see how to do it. And yeah, it, it's it's awesome. What about the next couple of years? Because I know that you just recently went through the strategic planning process. Uh, what are one or two of the priorities coming up? Yeah, the, the one I just mentioned is one of our newest priorities is to, we're meeting with all the EMR vendors. Oh, great. And talking about what the industry needs, from a clinician perspective and a patient perspective, and what are their strategic plans on developing in this space? And and I truly believe it's much more wide ranging and impact to all of addiction, not just opiates. Yeah, true, and that's the good thing. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is we're going to continue to expand our education offerings and and leading practice uh, education. One of the things I've learned in joining the Santa Clara County, uh, otherwise known as Silicon Valley, uh, they have an uh, Silicon uh, Opioid Overdose Prevention Program that meets monthly and garners all the health systems and doctors. And we're comparing notes about um, patient uh, patterns. There's a huge increase in high school mortality because of uh, fentanyl, and we are out educating high schools and uh, teachers as well as students about the risks. We're uh, distributing free naloxone for high-risk patients, and we're linking all the healthcare 
in Silicon Valley together to, to combat this. So I, I mean, I'm involved locally, yeah. but I'm also bringing that to the opioid task force at a national level. Yeah. And, and really globally, because I, I know others around other countries are, are very interested in this topic and, and those materials. So I, I do want to, and towards the end, talk about how can we engage the listeners that are perhaps touched by Ed's story and want to get involved. There's different ways for both vendor community and individual leaders uh, to be to be engaged. Before we get there, we sort of touched on this already, Ed, without a lot of specifics, but this is uh, very prevalent in society today. I mean, you can't, uh, there's not a news day that goes by, news cycle, without something about uh, opioid addiction and 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 things like that, or, or companies being sued that perhaps uh, in, contributed to it and things like that. Um, you once said that this is like bigger than a pandemic. So this is a pretty pervasive. Well, <laughs> I, I say a lot of things when I get excited. So, but seriously, I think it's, we are seeing more deaths from this now than any other yeah. disease. It's the leading cause of death in uh, people in 25 to 35. Um, one of the things that, I, you know, being in the health system, and getting transparent about it. Uh, one of the things I've learned in Dr. Polston from UC San Diego, who's on our task force, he educated me about, look, you have all these people who have been on pain management regimens and their needs are still there. Yeah. And so the entire industry now is having to change that. And there's pressure to reduce opiates but what are alternative therapies? Right. And how do we prevent the shutoff of needed pain medication and pushing these people to desperate means like buying meds on the street? Right. Which are the most dangerous. Right. So it's, it's a, we think of addiction being homeless and criminal, and that's certainly what it leads to. Yeah. But we have a much broader population of legitimate patients yeah. um, and uh, and all of us. I mean, my wife just went through surgery two weeks ago and I think, and I'll be real quick, but one of the modern things we're now doing is sending them home with a nerve block pump. She only used opiates for like two days yeah. after the nerve block. It prevented that first three days from the need. And I, I'm like, I'm very interested yeah. in new methodologies. Yeah. The other thing, Ed, that I think is top of mind right now with the crisis where it is, we must get into harm reduction. We must get into giving people free naloxone. We know they're going to use. We can't stop them from using. Teaching them yeah. new, safer methods. And that's what's happening in uh, the Santa Clara County program as well. And I, you'd say, my God, we're going to have like safe injection sites is a harm reduction yeah. methodology. And unfortunately, our governor backed down to get, you know, get himself positioned for presidential election. <laughs> but we were right on the verge of opening safe injection sites in San Francisco, yeah. like they have in Amsterdam, have had for years. Yeah. So we have a lot to learn yeah. from other countries. Let's not be yeah. uh, realistic about no, that. Let's I, be realistic about that. No, I, I agree with you there. So Sorry. 
Do you think that we've bent the curve yet as a society, or do you think it's still going up, opioid addiction? You know, I don't think it's coming down. And I don't know if it's going up as a ratio. The ratio of risk is going up yes. because right. of the fentanyl. And they're using, yeah. they're, straight drugs are all laced with fentanyl. Yeah. So you're not even, you may think you're buying something, but you're getting it. So the, the mortality rate's going up. Yeah. The rate of addiction, I don't know about that. Yeah. But I do know we have inadequate community services to treat addiction. Yeah. I, so absolutely. we are not taking as a society and as a country proactive building of addiction services and what is needed out there. So our poor EMRs are sitting here. Uh, if you, if you tour the ED and I did recently about our naloxone program and triage program, we have nowhere for these to send these patients yeah. Yeah, for continued care. Right. It's not an acute illness. It yeah. is a, uh, you know, so that's the challenge yeah. I think in the addiction, but we've got to add services. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely with you. So, Obviously, as we mentioned, deeply personal story. Again, thanks for sharing. And even I was impacted. I was unlocked some emotion there that I I didn't realize was there. So, so if there's someone out there like myself, you know, uh, how can they help? How can they engage? I know there's a opioid addiction center website you mentioned we'll, that we'll put in the show notes. Sure. Uh, but let's say we're a digital leader, a CDO, CIO, which is the majority of our audience, uh, what, what can we do to engage? Well, I, I would encourage you to look at data. I would go to the centers for disease control and, uh, look up mortality rates yeah. of addiction, look up opiates, uh, look in your community, what data is out there in your community. There is data. Yeah. Um, look for programs that are offering help. Uh, we, are now doing free naloxone distribution. Uh, we're t- teaching uh, in our schools yeah. the, the risks That's and educating and, uh, I mean, just sharing things. Uh, you can get involved locally yeah. and uh, nationally, statewide as yeah. well. I think advocate for data sharing. I know for Medicare uh, treating organizations by January 1, they are required to have an electronic interface to the prescription drug monitoring program in the state. I don't know why it ain't Medi-Cal because right. children's <laughs> hospitals are, but we'll get there. But there's, there's things going on and our action center will keep you posted go on the action yeah. center there. We put new news on there all the time. So yeah, it is there a, are some ways. Yeah. And it is a great site. And how about with the opioid task force in general, if someone wants to, get involved and really help out or, or, and so both from a personal individual level, but also, uh, here's a chance to, hey, you're talking to the vendor communities or opportunities for them to come along. So I know you do a golf tournament, like as an example. Oh, actually, right? yeah, <laughs> actually, I just talked to Russ yesterday and we're teeing it up for the, uh, five event in the spring again, yeah. we're going to have a, a benefit tournament. So that's easy way to get him up. We are going to have a task force meeting, uh, uh, for a couple hours, be- uh, the day before Chime in the fall. And I don't know if you're at Chime, but welcome anybody to come by. We're going to have a guest speaker on one of the leading practices and uh, 
one of our health systems. And, uh, and then we are always open. If anybody wants to talk of joining the task force or anything, just reach out. Yeah. So we'll put Ed's contact information in the show notes. And so, yeah, if you want to get involved on the task force or, or if you are a member of chime and you want to uh, take part in this sort of pre chime activity, there's lots of different ways. Yeah. Uh, so it, and it really is incumbent. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as we finish, Ed, I, what's the message? Well, I, I question about two messages. One is message to our peers, you know, CIO, CDOs in the industry. Um, you, you know, again, I don't want to be too leading of a question here, but do we have a moral, ethical responsibility to take action? Well, I would put it a little different. Okay. <laughs> and it, it was so obvious to me when we started the task force at January in Washington, CIOs rose above their position. You know, we, we're often yeah. thought of as technologists and data experts and all this. This was a healthcare problem that one would say, stay in your lane, Jane, but <laughs> we didn't. We didn't right. stay in our lane. We said, this is a big issue. Uh, it's at a critical moment in our history. This is time to look at how we can help and leverage our community, leverage our network, leverage our technical capabilities, our partnerships. What can we do? And I think we made a difference. We, yeah. we move the needle with the tools and assets that are closest to us. And the, the awareness, my biggest thing from all this wasn't starting the opioid task force. Russ just happened to be with me when I said, I, I hope some good yeah. can come. And we then organized it with Jim Turnbull and I and others. But the issue was changing the message on addiction. It yeah. was changing. This should not be shamed. This should be treated like any other illness yeah. we get. And recognize, you know, it's not choice. It is not choice. Yeah. Once a, I know my yeah. son. He didn't want it. Yeah. He just had the brain chemistry and the makeup yeah. that once he tried Percocet, he said, I never felt better in my life. And it, it was, I tried Percocet and I get weird. I can't stand it. Yeah. We're all wired differently. Yeah. And, and people don't have choice when they're addicted. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be in recovery to get their choice back. Right. Yeah, and that's the key. Yeah. Great, great words of wisdom. One last uh, question sort of related to the first one, but what, what would your message be for our listeners? We just talked about it, you know, from a CIO role, leadership point of view, but as parents and any, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are parents, still kids, maybe at home, any, anything that comes to mind Ed, on this whole topic and, um, well, I think the same message is, uh, you know, look at it yeah. and learn about it and talk to people. And if you suspect your child and is going, this, it, your, your intuition's probably right. Yeah. And get help because we process that without help and the right kind of help for three or four years. And it was devastating. Yeah. We, we were getting all the wrong advice and all kinds of different stuff, like tough love and great. 
no, you know, they need help. Yeah. When they are ill. Yes. And, right. uh, and if it's trending wrong, you don't want to catch it early and talking transparency is the key. Yeah. Transparency of the patient and transparency of the caregiver. And you've, you've got to get help yeah. and, and get objective help is my, if you see a problem, because, uh, I don't know. We did once we saw it, but we didn't really dig in. And we, we were just, you know, we had our hope on, we said, okay, this is just something they will get over, but yeah. addiction's not something you get over. Yeah. It's a, it's something you got to manage and recover from. Yeah. Well, powerful insights, Ed, thank you so much for sharing and a highly personal story. And, and, and what I really appreciate about what you and your wife have done is, You've created uh, the greater awareness, definitely in the healthcare industry, uh, tech for sure, but broader, more broad than that. And you, by you sharing, I think you've, you all don't know, but you've probably saved a lot of other lives. You know, another thing, and I'll just add it. I was one of those that talked here about it and also then mental health as we went through COVID. Yeah. The number of employees that came up to me personally and thanked me and said, I had that happen or I'm going through and we started a whole new uh, transparency and openness in this department through COVID about mental health and addiction. Yeah. And it's amazing that people, we all can talk about it and feel comfortable now. Uh, and we lost a couple of people through the year, a couple of last couple of years. Mm. Cause so it's important. It's out there. Yeah. It affects every company yeah. and every family. So I encourage you, you know, open up about it. Yeah. Ed, you're like I started off with, you're an amazing leader, but but as much as you're a great leader from a tech point of view and pioneer and you know, the the even better part of you is as a human. And you're a beautiful man. And thank you for sharing so openly. And again, if anyone has questions and wants to get involved, uh, you can reach out. We'll have the information in the show notes and definitely reach out to others in your area if uh, if you need any help in any way, definitely go get it. Thank you. I echo the same. Uh, Please reach out. Thanks much. All right. That wraps up Digital Voices. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Mark. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening. 